I want to give a shout out right now to Pastor Tracy, who's watching, I believe. Is that right? Unless he's on an airplane, he's probably still watching. But anyway, um, thank you, Pastor Tracy and uh, the leadership here at the church for having us back this morning. Just to let God use us as a vessel. God wants to use us all as a vessel to be a blessing to one another, his kids. And that's, that's already started to happen. It's going to happen some more. And so thank you, Pastor. And if you're new here today, uh, you just walked in. Uh, we, we don't, Josh and I don't attend church here, but we feel like family. This is the second time being here, and we just feel like family here. So if you come here for the first time today, you'll feel, you're probably already f feeling that this morning, that it's just family here. I like this church. And um, that, that, I can tell that flows from the leadership. And so um, if you are looking for a church, I know that Pastor Tracy is the pastor, and he's not here right now, but uh, he'll be here next time you come because you're going to come back. Amen? Amen? Amen. Do we have any Pentecostals here this morning? Three of you. Okay. Jimmy, you probably scared everybody else. I'm just kidding. Um, you got any Catholics in here? No Catholics? Oh, okay, sorry. Presbyterians? Baptists, Lutheran, Assembly of God background, anybody? Did I say Baptist? Two Baptists. I'm sorry, okay. I'm sorry about that. I got I got saved in Taylorsville, Indiana. Y'all know where that's at. Somebody was bold enough to have all of us little kids go down to the fire station. You know, I guess they used to have fish fries down there. Maybe they still do. I'm not sure. They still do that? And so they pulled out the fire trucks, and they set up a stage in the fire station, and they preached the gospel to us little kids. And I was 10 years old, and they said, who wants to get saved? Lift your hand. I lifted my hand. Then like every other little kid, after about three seconds, my other arm went up to hold my hand up. And then I start looking around to see if there's any little girls that see me with my hand up. And then I was like, put my hand down real quick. And then the preacher said, he said, uh, well, come on up if you want me to pray with you. And it was just us little kids. They set up chairs in the garage, had the fire, fire trucks outside. You know, I mean, it's pretty smart, right? What little kid is not going to want to go to a fire station? And um, so I didn't go up to the front. I was embarrassed, you know. But I did go up to the preacher before we got back on the bus they had a little blue bus, the little blue bus they used to pick us up on. And uh, so I, I went up to him and I grabbed him by his coat and I said, I want to do what you said in there. And I asked Jesus in my heart. And I just think it's so neat. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I'm bragging on God, giving God glory. That's, that's really cool because they had an event. It was, kind of, it was like an event, wasn't it? You know what I'm saying? So then the Lord years later would use myself and other people around the nation to hold events to bring people in and then preach the gospel to them. Isn't that cool? And I've never went back to that little Baptist church in Taylorsville, Indiana. It's not because I don't want to. It just had never worked out to go back there. But that'd be really cool to go back there and say, look what the Lord has done. Amen. What about your life? Can you say, look what the Lord has done? What was that song? Look what the Lord has done. Y'all know that? 
Look what the Lord has done. What do you do? He, he healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, okay. Woo! You know that song? You're Pentecostal too, aren't you? All right. Okay. I just instantly thought of another song. Anyway, okay. I don't know. <laughs> Praise God. Um, I got my family. I got a bunch of cousins right here in the front row. There's the Woodall family. Everybody say, hello, guys. Look at them. Y'all look beautiful. So good to see you. I didn't know you were coming today. I didn't know you were going to be here. I love you. I'm so, so glad to see you. Man, God's love is so powerful. You, you know what? I got songs to sing, and Pastor said to, he made a note to make sure I let you out of here by one o'clock for lunch. It's not going to happen, don't worry. But um, we just left a fest festival last night, and um, such a blessing to be there. And uh, I got to do this show last night with Andrew Rip and Ren Collective and Rachel Lampa. And I'm this, I'm this little kid from Taylorsville, Indiana, Franklin, Taylorsville. I lived in Columbus for a little while, out at the Candlelight Trailer Park. Is that what it used to be called? I drove by the middle school where I used to be middle school. Was it uh, Northside? Stills Middle School. I drove by there today, this morning, while I was trying to find a Starbucks. There was one in Kroger's and there was one at Target. And I'm like, I'm not going in. <laughs> so I drove all the way back out to the highway and found one. Anyway, when I drove by the high, the middle school today, I remembered that little neighborhood. There's like some apartments or something right across the street. And I remember after school one day, this is, you're going to think, why is he telling this story? But I got beat up by a girl in front of 50 people, at least 50 I'd get beat up all the time. I mean, I was the I was the one that was picked on just constantly. And they didn't know it. Some of it's just normal rising that kids do, you know. But then it took on to a new level, and then I I, I recognize it now as it was attack against my self esteem and an attack against me thinking that I wanted to have friends, but I just had, I really struggled as a kid having friends. When I drove by there today, I thought, man, God, you brought me a long way. When I turned 17, I became, not, not, I got saved when I was 10, but probably like many of you, I, I backslid. Now, some of you may not believe that's possible, but I did. And I didn't have no word of God in my life. You know, I'm, there's lots of things I didn't know. I knew I was a Christian, but then, you know, when you come up against those struggles as a teenager, I didn't know how to stand against it. So I got in a bunch of trouble and I went to juvenile corrections and I ran away and all these different things. I kept wanting to have friends. I kept wanting to be somebody. And, man. And then some people think, well, it's never about you. You shouldn't be wanting to be somebody. That is such a lie. Christians... 
Christians have a habit of that, of cutting themselves down, thinking that you're holy when you cut yourself down. Where does that come from? It does not come from heaven. God isn't saying, you better be nothing and let me be something. I want you to think about this. Please don't write me off because it's so against what you've maybe heard in your life before or been trained to believe all your life that it's little you and big God. While you're trying to give God all the glory and while you and I are, and we should and more, give him all the glory, you, we have a father that's trying to put his armor on us. He's trying to put his armor on us. Now, when you put a helmet on and a shield and a breastplate and God's pants and God's shoes, and then you put the helmet on and then you take the face plate of the helmet and you pull it down, the devil don't know that that's not God behind there. We've been told to wear his armor, but then Christians cut themselves down. When you have been made, handsome or not, you've been made beautiful. A creation. A creation that is unlike any other. Nobody else is like you. This is truth, man. If I would have known that as a teenager, I could have been changing the world back then. I didn't know it. I didn't know it. When I turned 17, I guess that pride took over and I got violent for the first time, really violent. Before you knew it, a guy looked at me funny one day and I'm not bragging about this as stupid. The enemy laid a trap for me and, and I'm not trying to make it bigger than it was. It just is what it is. Before I knew it, I was in this guy's pickup truck in the cab of his truck going crazy on this guy because I was so mad and so angry and I, and, and I heard his screams and they were probably his screams reminded me of mine getting chased home from school and beat up and made fun of every single day in the laughing stock of the school and it's so the enemy had attacked me all those young years and now he was chose a different stream of attack to get me to be that guy to get me to be the one that was hurting me you see what I'm saying but then thank God I did I did get in some trouble now God didn't cause the trouble I did get in some trouble my house was raided by a SWAT team I, my house became the cool house to be I loved it and how when they, they talked about how crazy I was I lived up in Muncie Indiana but I cost a price was, cost, it cost a lot because um, I had a young wife I met in juvenile corrections and our house was raided by a SWAT team at two in the afternoon. My little baby girl was taken out of my house by that SWAT team. Eight months later, we were both sentenced to prison. We lost custody of our baby girl, Mindy. And I went to prison, not juvenile this time, men's prison in Indiana, four different prisons in the state. My wife went to two. But, everybody say, but God. But God sent some people to a gas station one day when I was out on bond. And it was like getting saved all over again. A guy gave me a job in a gas station. 
and he heard me say to somebody to my wife in the gas station i need we need to leave i gotta go find a job and he heard that and he said i'll give you a job me and that guy are friends to this day i just sent that guy a text this this morning driving over i sent him a text now no i wasn't doing this it was through my headphone and um and he just texted me back i was reading it a few minutes ago and he said thank you so much it was so timely but this he he doesn't know how timely well, i guess he does now how timely it was that i met him that day in the gas station and they ministered jesus to me and then when i went into prison they kept doing it and their mom and dad kept doing it and they loved me and they told me that god loved me and that god wanted me out of prison god wanted me back with my wife and god wanted me to have my daughter back and wanted me to have my freedom and then they said it grieves god's heart that you're incarcerated i was like what wait a minute that goes totally against what religious people say now you got to pray or pay your price to society son sometimes god will break you down to bring you up god don't need to break people down they do enough job of that themselves don't get god and the devil mixed up stop it stop it god and the devil are not in some back office back there planning out your future on how they need to get you to a level of maturity so god can bless you because i got proof in the scripture that god blesses people that are not mature i got proof jimmy you and i were talking about this on the phone yesterday did you know jesus did a lot of good things didn't he and you know when jesus walked the earth would you say that jesus was the the bible calls him in the king james version I, I use the king james version when i talk and this is why because when i was in prison that's the bible that i had so i read it all the time so I, if you don't watch it you end up talking in that way <laughs> but the bible says in the king james that jesus was the express image of the father so basically saying it's in hebrews yes in hebrews it says first chapter if you've seen jesus you've seen the father right and did you know that you cannot find one scripture, not one, where Jesus ever made anybody poor, made anybody depressed, made anybody sick? You can't find one. People twist a couple of scriptures and they try to put a little extra word in there to make, make it sound like Jesus was saying God made this person this way. You can't find one. You can't find one. Nobody can. Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. You can't find it in the scriptures. Now check this out. But you can find Jesus healed people. Jesus raised the dead. Can you imagine some of the people he raised from the dead? Some, maybe some of those things that the Bible says that there's not even enough books to talk. The, the, the apostles said there's not even enough books. The world couldn't fill them enough to say all those things that Jesus did, right? So you think he would just raise one person from the dead? Two, three, four? We don't know how many he really raised from the dead. Is that right? Can you imagine some of the people he raised from the dead? Can you imagine if he raised your cousin from the dead and you wish he hadn't? Mother-in-laws? I, I love my mother-in-law. Sorry. <laughs> Me and my mother-in-law, we used to argue all the time. But before it was over with, I became her favorite son-in-law. And she asked me to preach her funeral. She was in the hospital. In her last few years, she spent a lot of time 
in the hospital. And she said, I want you to preach my funeral. And I said, I'm not going to do it if you die sick. And she's like, what? Never heard anything like that. But I did preach her funeral and our arguments gave me lots to talk about. One day I'm in my, I got to tell you this one. One day I'm in the car. This is how bad it was. You need to get my wife's book. <laughs> I don't know if she shares this story. She might have shared this one in there. One day I'm, I'm in my car and I'm leaving her house. She's mad at me. My mother-in-law's taking a broom handle trying to bust out my window in my car. This is my relationship with my mother-in-law. Let me get back on track here. <laughs> so maybe, maybe you raised your mother-in-law from the dead. Maybe you raised your enemy from the dead. I guarantee you somebody, all, all these people that he raised from the dead, they were all, watch this, all the people that he healed, all the people that he helped, all the people that he fed, all the people that he raised from the dead, all the people that he cast the devil out of, all of them that he forgave, they were all 100% heathen. I can prove it to you from the scripture. They were heathens. You know how I can prove it to you? You say, well, they, some of them were, they might have went to church. They might have loved God. They might have went to the, the synagogue. They might have did all the sacrifices. The Bible says and teaches us that nobody could be born again and have redemption until Jesus Christ went to the cross. And he had not went to the cross yet when he was doing all that good stuff for all those heathen, dark, spiritual-hearted people. And that's the way they were, and that's the way you and I were. Now, if we know Jesus Christ today, we are in a different position. We are in a position of the holy priesthood. Beautiful creatures of almighty God, we've been clothed in righteousness. We have been washed. And such were some of you and me. We were this, we were that, but he has raised us up together with himself and made us, as he says in Ephesians chapter two, and made us sit together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So it's about time you take your seat. Yeah, so when the devil starts messing with you this week, cast imagination down immediately. Remember you have a right to do it even when you feel like the rotten heathen. God doesn't see you that way. Say no. And use the name of Jesus. And walk in who you are in Christ. You might think today, well, this is just a bunch of preaching about who we are. We want to hear about God and who he is. Let me tell you something. God knows who he is. He's been trying to get us to understand who he made us to be. There is something significant about you. There's something significant about your life. I know you say, well, yeah, but John the Baptist said this. John the Baptist says, I must decrease so that he must increase. And then they got Christians running around constantly talking about how lowly they want to become so God can become bigger. Did you know John the Baptist wasn't born again either? I'm going to kill a lot of sacred cows this morning. John the Baptist was a... As so were you, till you got born again. How can I prove that to you? Do you guys ever remember the scripture when Jesus was telling his disciples? <clears throat> he said, John the Baptist, the greatest prophet ever born of a woman. Anybody, let me see your hands if you've ever heard that scripture before. 
John the Baptist, greatest prophet ever born of, the, of a woman. Wow. Makes you want to worship the ground that John walked on, don't it? He baptized Jesus. Wow. He lost his head for the sake of the kingdom. Is that right? Watch this. That's not all that statement. Jesus said John the Baptist was the greatest prophet ever born of a woman. But the least, watch, but the least in the kingdom will be greater than John. John wasn't in the kingdom. Nobody could be in the kingdom yet. We're talking old covenant, new covenant. Old covenant, new covenant. Jesus has now paid the price. That's why. Whether you're Catholic, Methodist, Presbyterian, Baptist, whatever your background, you may have came from a Jehovah Witness background. I don't know what you came from. You may become of satanic worship. But any person on this planet can call upon the name of the Lord and thou shalt be saved. Jesus Christ cleanses. It's his will. It's what he wants to do is cleanse us, make his creation like him. He told his disciples, the works that I do, you will do. And greater works than these shall you do because I'm going to the Father. That's what he said. I thought about posting on my social media the other day. Now, sometimes you got to use wisdom on that, right? I was going to post, <laughs> I was going to post, I'm going to do greater works than Jesus and just leave it at that and see what happened. <clears throat> I bet I'd get some feedback, wouldn't I, Josh? It would start a firestorm, wouldn't it? And then post the scripture later where Jesus said that himself. Bro, you're going to do greater works than Jesus. I don't even know you. I don't even know you. You're going to do greater works than Jesus. It feels weird to say that, doesn't it? It's because religion has stolen from us what God has given to us and wanted us to have. And he's not afraid that you're going to take his throne. He knows where his seat's at and he knows where your seat's at. But it's been empty because you haven't taken your seat. You say, that's weird. I ain't, I've been loving Jesus all these years now and I've never fallen off the wagon for believing that. I know God's good. I know he is good. And you want me to sing probably now. <laughs> so I was going to say that about the concert last night. I wasn't bragging, but I thought, you know, God took his little kid from Indiana and let me go play music and fulfill a dream I had in my heart with those guys. And put me on the Winter Jam Tour, largest Christ, one of the largest Christian tours in the nation. My first arena tour, this little kid from Indiana, without a record label, with no professional training. That got Holy Ghost training. That's about as professional as you can get. Isn't that cool? So what is your dream? What's your family facing? What do you need? What's going on? What are you facing you don't have an answer for? I keep hearing the Lord say, use my name. Ask me to help you. Use my name. Use my name. Jimmy and I were talking about this yesterday. 
The Bible says in the Ten Commandments, don't take the name of the Lord in vain. Is that right? Is that one of them? <clears throat> All three of you said yes. You need to know your Ten Commandments. Listen, I got caught stealing at that north side, that middle school, and they called my dad. And when I got home, my dad grounded me to my room. And he grounded me. When he grounded me, <clears throat> y'all remember those Ten Commandments? They had, when I grew up, my mom had all this stuff on the wall. And I remember she had these fancy plates with gold trim, and they hung on the wall, and they were the Ten Commandments. Does anybody ever remember those plates? Yeah. Some of you probably threw them at some time or another. My dad grabs these plates off the wall and comes to my bedroom and says, memorize these when I got caught stealing. Well, there's that one in there, you know, don't take the name of the Lord in vain, right? <clears throat> We've always thought that that just means don't say GD. Anybody else? Can I see your hand? That's what you think about when you think that? Oh, don't, don't, don't say that. You know, my mom, she, she did not like it when I would say, you know, if something would happen, I'd say, God, man, my mom would be like ready to just, you know, slapping me in the mouth happened a lot when I was a kid. But I'm not condemning her for that. That was the thing that they did back then, right? So that and soap. <laughs> Anybody have your mouth washed out with soap? And uh, yeah, long story short, I recently heard something. You have been given the name. God's name in this covenant that we are in right now, the new covenant. You've been given God's name, and it is Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. That is his name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. Is that right? We have been given this name, which contains all power in heaven and earth, the beginning and the end, and forever will be. We have been given this name. And when you don't use it, you are taking the name of the Lord in vain. Hello. You need a pickup truck? I go buy you a new pickup truck. Hypothetical. I give you the pickup truck. You needed it, but you don't use it. It's too holy. You just leave it out there in the driveway and you won't drive it. I gave it to you. And you're not using it. The whole thing was in vain. How many times a day do you use the name of Jesus? How many times a day do you use it? We feel religious. We feel something's, we feel something's wrong with just driving down the road and quickly using the name. We feel something's unholy about that. We feel that's, well, it's not deep prayer. I, I, you know, I haven't really taken the time to pray. You could be in the shower. You could be shaving. And think of something. And just go, in the name of Jesus, Aunt Mary, Aunt Mary will live. Keep shaving. The enemy says, you didn't pray long enough for Aunt Mary. I use the name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. What's that? Like this, there's another part. Like the fragrance, right? After the rain, right? Master, Savior, Jesus. There's just something about that name. 
kings and kingdoms may all pass away but there's something about that name let's use the name there's much work to be done god's not worried about us getting in the wrong place and getting weird use the name I'm supposed to tell you this man this has been a different service here this morning y'all know who Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan comes home from winning a championship comes to the front door because he's Michael he brought the trophy home with him comes in the front door and his little boy meets him at the front door his little boy's all excited. He's jumping up and dad, daddy, you won, daddy, you won, daddy, you won. And Michael's all tired. He gave it all like he always does. He's got the hat, the hat they always give him. He's got the t-shirt. He's got the trophy. He's got the Jordans. He kicks the Jordans off. He says, yeah, yeah, son. Thank you. Thank you. Pats him on the head. He said, I got to go in the living room, sit down and relax a little bit. Sets the trophy down, hangs the t-shirt on it, puts his hat right there. And there's the Jordans. He goes in and sets down in his recliner. You're his friend. You've been waiting on Michael to come home, so you're already there. You're in the living room in the other recliner because you want to watch highlights of the game with Michael. Michael sits down. Y'all start flipping through, watching highlights of the championship. You say to Michael, Michael, I'm so proud of you, man. You're such a great example. Thank you for being such a champion. A few minutes later, you hear this noise, and you look into the foyer there by the front door, and Michael looks. You're both wondering, what's this noise? What is that noise? Sounds like somebody's dragging something. And you look up, and coming into the living room is Michael's little boy. And Michael's little boy has Michael's hat on. And it's not adjusted, so the hat's way down over his ears. It's the NBA championship hat. He's wearing the T-shirt that Michael won in the championship, you know, and it's hanging down to his ankles because he's just a little kid. Michael's 6'6". And he's dragging the NBA trophy. Oh, my gosh. And he, Michael looks down, and he's got the Jordans on. You ever wear your dad's shoes when you're little? And all of a sudden, you're thinking Michael, because Michael's his daddy. Mike, what do you think Michael's going to be like? That's cute. That's awesome. You're such a champion, son. But instead, what if Michael said, hey, what are you doing? And his little boy says, Daddy, I'm a champion. I am a champion. Watch this now. Remember, his little boy says, I am a champion. Dad, look what I did. I'm a champion. My hat, my shirt, the trophy, the Jordans. I'm a champion, Daddy. What would you do if you were the friend there, Michael's friend, and you witnessed this, what would you do if Michael says to his little boy, hey, who do you think you are? You're no champion. Take my shoes off. Put my trophy down. Take my hat off. Take my t-shirt off. You are not the one. Don't you ever forget that I am the one that one if you were there 
in that living room and you witnessed that, how long would it be before you gave Michael a piece of your mind? Would anybody give Michael a piece of your, of your mind if you were in there? Can I see your hand today? Because you would know immediately that's not right. And when you heard your child talk about how he was a champion and wanting to be like, like you, that would make you glad. That would make you happy. You would not be, oh my God, I better stop him. He's going to take over my place as parent. Isn't that ludicrous? Isn't that dumb? Now you tell me, am I the only one that understands that that kind of wrong theology has made its way into the body of Christ? Who we are is children of the Almighty God and He gave us the power to become the sons and daughters of God. And when we know that, we won't spend time going, I'm so sorry God, I'm so sorry God, I'm so sorry God. He's like, would you stop and let's enjoy life. Let's enjoy each other. Let's quit thinking we got to be like burying our face in the mud all the time and figure out that we are children of Almighty God. And we have been given the ability by God in His name to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely we have received and freely we give. The only one that ever tried to take over God's throne was Lucifer. And what happened to him? Jesus said, I saw him fall from heaven as lightning. Bam. To the earth. That's Lucifer. He was an angel. He was never even allowed to say that he was a child of God. That's not you. You're not, a, you're not an angel. Angels are beneath you. They are sent to serve us who are heirs of salvation. We are heirs. We've inherited salvation. We didn't even have to do it ourselves. Somebody else did it for us. And now we're heirs of salvation. And angels work for us. We just need to start putting them to work. Amen? Does anybody else ever send your angels to do some work for you? Let me see that. There we are. There we are. There we are. That means your angels are not standing around like this, leaned up against the wall. Right? Man, that's good preaching. You should have been running around the room right there. You're going to use that this week. Amen? Amen. Praise God. 